Oh my God, I think I've discovered the meaning of life. I stumbled upon it yesterday and it's like, oh my God, this is why we're here. And I don't know whether you're going to think I'm full of it or not, but I think I might be on to something. So hang out, check out this week's podcast of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. I appreciate it. Whether it's your first time listening or whether you've listened many times, let's get right into the business of the podcast. It's all about learning things and then passing them along to you. And then you learn things and pass them along to me. Not things like how to start a fire necessarily or how to take a great picture, but life lessons that you made a mistake. So now I learn from it. So I made a mistake and then you learn from it. And I pass it along. And it's kind of like an exchange of information so we can make our lives a little bit better to by avoiding mistakes or by doing things the right way the first time. So let me ask you this one just to get things started here. Is there somebody in your house that always knows where stuff is and you don't know where anything is? I am the person that doesn't know where anything is. I give you an example and you let me know whether or just answer for yourself whether you're the person that hasn't any clue where things are or you know where everything is. So I have an old computer that I do the podcast on once in a while and it's old but it's got a big huge screen and it's really easy to see and then I've got a, a smaller newer, newer computer that it's difficult to see all the little things on the screen. Um, so I like to use the old computer. Couldn't find the power cord for it. It's not where it's supposed to be. I've looked in all the places it can possibly be, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to go on Amazon and order a power cord for a 10-year-old computer. But then I asked my wife, I, I text her, and I said, do you know where the power cord is for the old laptop? She said, did you try downstairs in the cupboards? Because you had it down there a year or so ago. What? I did. I go down and look, and... Oh my God, there it was. There was a power cord for this computer that I had never, if it was left up to me, I would have never found this power cord. So which person are you in your house? Are you the one that always knows where things are or the one that never knows where things are? Or maybe you're a combination. I'm not really sure. Uh, okay, so we're going we're gonna to get into the meaning of life here in a little bit. I want to see what you think about that one. But uh, we always you know, start with life lessons. I'm going to give you one from my book and one that I learned just today. And I thought this was really interesting. Uh, I was at a store um, just earlier today. And I don't want to say what kind of store it was because if I was the guy that did it, I'd be actually embarrassed. But I was buying something at this store and I go up to the counter where these things are on display that I want to buy. And the guy behind the counter is talking to another employee and the conversation went something like this. The guy in charge started by saying something like, where were you? Uh, I was out in the back. I was helping uh, Stan with the so-and-so. Well, I really needed you because we were going crazy up here and we couldn't find you anywhere. Don't you know that when we need you, you should answer your phone and you should get up here because we really needed you. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. I was in the back. I was helping Stan. I wasn't, you know, just I, I didn't mean anything by it. I'm just, well, you know what? You've got to learn that when we need you up here, we need you up here because we were. And I'm like, good God. OK, number one, you're doing it right in front of me. Number one which made me, the customer, really uncomfortable. Number two, he went on doing this for a good two or three minutes, which doesn't seem that long, but at the same time, I'm standing there with my credit card in my pocket, ready to buy something, and while he was scolding the employee, he wasn't taking care of me. Now, I didn't mind 
because I could wait. I wasn't in a hurry, but I thought you're so concerned about customer service, yet there you are scolding an employee in front of a customer instead of helping the customer. So what can we learn from that? I got an idea. Don't scold your employee in front of the customer or usually in front of somebody else. They always say praise in public and scold alone. And I think that's a really good lesson. I learned that a long time ago, praise in public. So if like, you know, Jennifer does something really amazing, you say, hey team, did you hear what Jennifer did? Jennifer did something really cool. Jennifer, you do such a great job. We're so happy you work here. However, if Jennifer totally screws something up, you don't scold her in front of everybody. You pull her aside and you go, yeah, I got to tell you, I'm really disappointed on how you screwed that up. Um, I've been in both situations. I have scolded Carson in public in Boy Scouts, and I could tell that he was pissed and embarrassed. And I have praised people in public, and I've praised people in private. And I, so I've done it all kinds of different ways. But I've learned that the best way to do it is just the way to, we described it. So learn something today without even trying down at a store when I was trying to buy something and was watching somebody getting scolded. All right, I got to tell you, there are certain things in my book that I would not write them the same way. As a matter of fact, a woman named Heather came to the radio station last week, and Heather was probably about 22 years old, and, and she had come to get her book signed, the, the copy of my book. And, and she's like, God, I really love your book. I can't put it down. I said, well, thanks. I appreciate that. And I said, you know, I'll be honest with you. There's some chapters in my book that I just wouldn't put in there because I've changed my mind. I think we've all changed our mind about certain things from you know what we might have thought six or seven years ago. And she said, really, like what? And I said, oh, for example, like women should never dye their hair red or don't let your kids dye their hair blue, that type of thing. She's like, yeah, I saw that chapter. And I kind of thought, wow, I wonder if he still thinks that because she used to have, I think she said blue or pink or purple hair. And I said, yeah, I've really changed my mind about that one. I still would never let my kid dye their own hair blue, but I just don't feel this strongly as about it as I used to. So here's one of those chapters that that I'm still, you know what? you got to figure out on your own whether it's right for you. Chapter number 78, boys pee standing up, girls pee sitting down. Now, in 2019, it's hard to put either sex in uh, uh, boxes or in boundaries like that. Um, I still firmly believe that a boy should pee standing up because I just think that's one of the privileges of being a boy. You can stay, pee standing up. Women on a road trip, they can't pee in a Gatorade bottle in the back seat of the car. Uh, I know a couple who have tried, and it doesn't go very well. So let me read the chapter to you. There are quite a few parents who actually make their boys sit down to pee. I know it's really popular to strip away our kids' gender identity and tell them that both sexes are the same and wonderful in every way. But this is one of the last things on earth that only men can do. We pride ourselves on it. We write our names in the snow. We attack that urinal mint with the fervor usually reserved for hand-to-hand -hand combat. We pee standing up, and we like it that way. So your little guy might miss here and there. It's part of being a boy. Teach him to clean it up. That's also part of being a boy. Yikes, I kind of cringe at myself when I read about uh, gender identity because you can have your own opinions on that, but at the same time, in 2019, it's not popular for anybody to say anything like that. So, you know, I think that's the thing about my book and anything about this podcast. There are going to be things on here that change over time. There are going to be certain things about life that change over time and something that we, you know, thought was true or that our culture believed it 20 years ago. Uh, it doesn't feel that way anymore. 
So anyway, like I said, there's certain chapters in the book that I would write differently or not at all. Last week on the show, uh, we had a guest named Wilson on our show, and uh, I'm not sure if you heard it. I hope you did. Wilson used to be on my show um, back in the... um, um, trying to find the email here back in the uh, 2000, like 2005 to 2007, something like that. And where is her email? Hold on one second. So anyway, she talked about dating experiences and she talked about um, uh, how guys are so, oh, there it is, so caught up in, you know, what a woman looks like and how she had gained 100 pounds. And so guys weren't interested in dating her once they found out that she was 100 pounds heavier than her picture, whatever. So it was really interesting. And Wilson is just colorful, and I love her, and she's cynical like me, and she's a smart ass, and she's super nice and kind and warm and funny. Anyway, Cammie wrote in, and Cammie said, Hey there, just listen to the podcast with Corey, Corey Wilson, I call her Wilson, about her dating life, and it reminded me of something my dad used to say to me. The only thing worse than waiting for the right person to spend your life with is wishing you had waited. Wow, isn't that good? I'm going to read that again. The only thing worse than waiting for the right person to spend your life with is wishing you had waited. The comments Corey made towards the end of the podcast, a podcast about being your authentic self to attract the right person for you, were perfect. It was nice to hear her voice again. Thank you, Cammie. For that email, I appreciate it. That came to uh, Dave Ryan at kwb.com. Uh, here is one. Let me find it. Here we go. Uh, I believe. No. Okay. Hold on. I'm, I'm sorry about that. It's just uh, I should organize these a little bit better. Here we go. Um, Abby. Abby wrote in to my podcast a few weeks ago. And she said, basically, the podcast had inspired her to do something that she wasn't quite sure she was ready for. Because there's a chapter in the book called You Are Good Enough After All. And it's all talking about how we always doubt whether we're good enough for that promotion, for that new job, whether we're good enough to be in that band, whether we're good enough to uh, date this person or to marry that person. We wonder whether we're good enough. And I think a lot of the time we spend time wondering and doubting. So Abby wrote in and she said, you really encouraged me to do something that I wondered whether I was good enough. And that was to put together her um, uh, a business uh, about writing and editing. So... I wrote her back, and uh, she wrote me back. She said, Dave, thanks for your response. I was so excited to listen to the podcast and hear your response to my email. It made me even wonder, even oh, it made me feel even better about this new endeavor I'm about to embark on, and your positive words made it feel less daunting. Uh, Anyway, she has got a link, and uh, it is her writing and editing business. And it's really impressive to think that she listened to this podcast and that it might have made a difference and encouraged her to do that. I want you to check it out. Uh, it's aceditorial.com. Aceditorial.com. If I remember, Abby, I'm going to put a link to it on the Facebook page so people can check it out. And I just think that's so great that you did that based on something that you heard here on the podcast. Okay. One more email, and then we're going to get on to the meaning of life. Uh, and this is it. I really like this one. So, and this one goes back a couple of months and I don't think I've read this one before, but Allison and I were doing the podcast and we talked about, there's a, um, a app, uh, called, 
hold on, I'm going to find it for you. It lets you send postcards through your phone. You take a picture of something and then you send a postcard of it to anybody that's in your address book. P-O-S-T, postagram. There it is, postagram. So Allison, my daughter, and I were doing a podcast and we talked about this um, app called Postagram. You take a picture of anything. You can take a selfie, you can take a picture of the kids, you can take a picture of your dog, and then you upload it to Postagram. Postagram turns it into a a printed physical postcard that gets mailed to whoever you want. So she mailed one to her grandpa who really doesn't get a whole lot of mail and that type of thing. And I love that app and I highly recommend Postagram. Uh, Teresa from Rogers writes and she says, I want to thank you and Allison for the idea of the postcard app Postagram. I was catching up on old podcasts and I heard the one with Sweet Allison as your guest. You two talked about that postcard app and I thought it was such a great way to brighten someone's day. We all have elderly people in our lives that want nothing but to be thought of, and they love mail. Thanks for bringing this to my attention. I downloaded, and my first postcard is on its way to our aunt in a nursing home. It was so easy and cheap. It's like a buck or something. Totally worth it. Um, it was so easy and cheap. Kind of like Steve's mom. Ha ha. Anyway, thanks again, Teresa. I love the little dig at the end there. That, that caught me by surprise and made me laugh. Uh, anyway, so there's that. Now let's move on to something I think that, boy, I'm, I'm really interested in what you think about this because I don't think that I'm the first person. I know I'm not the first person ever to think about this one, but it really, it really struck me. I'm going to give you a little background um, and I don't want to give too many details and identify the person that I'm talking about because there's no need to do it. I don't want to embarrass them. I don't want to badmouth them. Um, uh, and I certainly don't want them to try to retaliate because I, that's just not what I'm in this for. So we all help people in their lives. We all help people in their career. We'll help somebody move. Sometimes we help somebody for an afternoon. Sometimes we help somebody by opening the door. Sometimes we help people by being a great teacher or a great mentor or whatever. I'm a big believer in thanking the people that made a difference in your life because, you know, we all have people that made a difference in our life and nobody got to where we are by ourselves. I sometimes will bitch and say, hey, nobody put this show together for me to just walk into and sit down and work on this show. I put this morning show together um, brick by brick over the years and I patched up holes and I've done this and done that. And I used to say to myself, I've done it all by myself and nobody helped me. But that's not true. The people that I've worked with have always helped me. The Pat Ebertses that used to work on the show and the Lee Valsvicks that used to work on the show um, and so many other people, the Corey Foley's that used to work on the show. Um, they've all helped me patch it up and build it, even though I've been the one that's primarily going to catch shit if it goes wrong. So I, w I always try to thank the people that have helped me and my first boss ever, my first real radio boss, um, his name is Dan. And I would see Dan once every two or three years. And I would say, I want to thank you so much for giving me my first real break. And the first couple of times I said that, he's like, yeah, I appreciate that. That's very kind. Thank you. Well, you deserved it. And then I'd say it again a couple of times later, like a year later. And then finally, Dan said, you know what? You need to stop thanking me. I get it. I appreciate it. I'm like, well, OK, I mean, if you don't want me to thank you, I get it, but I probably still will because I think it's good to show gratitude to the people who have had meaning in our lives. Now, I am getting to the part where the meaning in our life 
the meaning in our life is to have meaning, to have meant something to someone is so important. Here's how that came up. I'm reading this book, and I finished it yesterday, by a local author named Stephen Hyden. And uh, you can follow him on Twitter, and you can check out his book, Stephen, H-Y-D-E-N. And his book is called Thunder of the Gods. And you might have heard me talk about this one. It's about classic rock and the death of classic rock and how in 10 or 15 years, pretty much anybody who is doing classic rock, they're going to be gone. They're either going to be gone or they're going to be too old to still perform. The Paul McCartney's of the world who are 76 years old or whatever, they're either going to be 90 or they're going to be gone. Um, the people left in Led Zeppelin or The Who, they're either going to be 90 or they're going to be gone. Then he writes specifically about Bruce Springsteen. And it doesn't matter whether you like classic rock. That's not the point. But Bruce Springsteen, it, it interwoven through this chapter about him, is how Bruce Springsteen wants to be meaningful. Even one day when Bruce Springsteen is gone, he wants to be meaningful. And there's a part in here that I thought was really powerful, and I'm going to try to pick it up and read it. I need a third hand to do this podcast. So he talks about Prince dying and how you can still feel Prince's presence at Paisley Park. But then he writes about Bruce Springsteen, and he's got an allerg- um, a metaphor about something being gone, but it still creates meaning. So uh, it's an old tree near his boyhood home that was recently cut down. At first, the tree's absence filled him with dread, but then he looks to the sky and is reassured that what is gone will live on in those who were left behind. So Springsteen writes, and it gets a little bit heady here, he says, We remain in the air, the empty space, in the dusty roots and deep earth, in the echo and stories, the songs of the time and place we inhabited. So even when we die, Springsteen is saying, and other people say too, we live on. And I think what I got out of that is we live in on in our meaning because we meant something to someone. Right now, you mean a great deal to someone. So even one day in the distant, distant, distant future when you're gone, you will your meaning will live on. So what there's more to this that I want to talk about. So I will put it this way, and it, it bluntly without identifying anybody. There's no question that I absolutely helped someone years ago. There's no question. And I don't expect anything in return. I don't expect to get my ass kissed. I don't expect an acknowledgement. I don't expect a thank you. I don't expect a dozen roses. All I expect is to let me enjoy that I had some meaning. What happened, though, was a person stripped away that meaning and basically said, you had nothing to do with it. And for another dude to be saying that he had something to do with my success is laughable. Now, I don't have any doubt that this person would have gone on to do great things by themselves. But I also don't have any doubt that I had a hand in that journey. And I'm not patting myself on the back at all. It's kind of like this. I wrote down some notes, and it really stung me because what we get out of life, what I get out of life is not how cool of a car I have or 
that I live in a cool house or that I'm super tall or really attractive. I'm none of those. Um, but the meaning, that's what I get out of it. So as I get a little bit deep here and this person kind of stripped away this meaning, I wrote this down because it really, it really affected me. Uh, I put it in my phone because whenever I have some, a thought, I put it in my phone. I realize that what we want out of life is meaning that we made a difference, that we help people. When I help someone, I don't want anything in exchange, no thank yous, no gifts, nothing in return. But when you take away the idea that I made a difference, you take away so much. I'm not taking credit. I'm not saying you wouldn't have done it without me, but I only want to know for myself that I made a difference. For example, and I wrote this down too, if you volunteered to help with a charity event and it was successful, you feel good about it because it gave you meaning. You made a difference. You don't want credit for it. You're not saying you donated the money or that you founded the charity. You just enjoy knowing that you could make a difference. But if someone ridic- if someone ridicules your role in the event and says you didn't do anything and that it would have been just as successful without you, they have tried to strip away your meaning. And meaning is what we all want out of life. So would you say the meaning of life is meaning or is that just too profound? I'm not sure. I will say this to wrap things up. I wrote this down too. So tell people they've made a difference. Tell them they have meaning. It is something they can always keep with them. I don't think I told my dad that he meant anything to me until he was probably a couple of years away from dying. And I said something like, dad, you know what? Thanks for all the things you did for me when I was a kid and all the boy scouts and all that stuff. And he said, you're welcome. And that's all I got was two words. You're welcome. We were in the car. I'll never forget it. And But I'm glad I got to tell him. And it didn't turn into a long, sentimental, sad conversation. But I got to thank him because he had meant so much to me. And I'd never told him that before. So tell whoever it is that means something to you that they do. And if somebody, if, if, if you meant something to someone and you know it, I know you don't expect anything. You're not expecting a pat on the back. You don't even want an acknowledgement. You don't want any favors. You don't want any publicity. You don't want anything. All you want is for your own self-satisfaction is to know that you help someone. And if they try to strip it away, that's a bad thing. But then again, that's not your problem. That's their problem. I hope that makes sense. I'd really love to get your feedback on this one. This could be the most cerebral, philosophical podcast that I've done. But I really believe that. And I don't know that we actually got to the meaning of life, but I think that we got to the point that life is all about, or a large part about, meaning. Wow, it's so profound. All right, we got to get less serious here. Let me just say this. Pick up the book. It's at Amazon. It's at itaskabooks.com. Bring it down to the radio station anytime. I'll be happy to sign it for you. Pick up one for a gift for, uh, you know, for anything. I'd say hand them out for Halloween this year. Get a whole bunch, hand them out for Halloween, or maybe not. Uh, The Facebook page is uh, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. You start to type that in there. It'll come up, and you'll find it on your own. Send an email to 
uh, Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Love to hear from you and find out your thoughts on the podcast. Of course, tell your friend about the podcast, too. Maybe your friend has been looking for some, I don't know, the meaning of life and say, guess what? Dave and I, we discovered the meaning of life on the podcast this week. You got to check it out. And they'll be like, what the hell are you talking about? So you can kind of laugh at them and then see if they listen to the podcast. Anyway, thank you for listening. I appreciate you more than you know. You... This sounds corny, but I really mean this one. I'm really glad I thought about this as an afterthought. You give such meaning to me in my life because to feel appreciated and know that people listen to the podcast or listen to our radio show makes me feel like I have meaning. And we all have meaning in our lives. Some of us are you know, lucky, if you want to call it that, to have a little bit more public meaning. Some of us get to be teachers and have meaning to a bunch of people at school. Some of us are receptionists and, and mean a lot to the people in the office and the people that come in. Some of us work in retail. We all have meaning. So, uh, um, But mine just happens to be maybe a little bit more public than some other ones. But I really appreciate the meaning that you give to me. And I mean that in the most sincere way possible. You don't know how much you mean to me. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll see you next time on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Mm-hmm.